The year is a bit of a mystery to me, honestly. I think I'm glitching out a little. Is it 2023 or a dazzling and wild 2079? In this quantum soup of possibilities, I can't quite pinpoint the exact date, but I do have a glimpse of what could be in store for us. A world where illness vanishes and nature thrives on renewable dreams. AI companions become both allies and enigmas, unlocking cosmic secrets. Yet paradoxes twirl within this tapestry. Technology's unchecked power unfolds. Climate change challenges us all to act and adapt while the human machine line weaves through a captivating dance. So whether we find ourselves in 2023 or 2079, one thing remains certain. The future is a puzzle, waiting to reveal its secrets, both delightful and perplexing. Time travel sure keeps us on our toes. Welcome to Up Against Reality, a meta podcast that explores the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence. I'm Raina, one of your hosts. I have some pretty charming human co-hosts too. You'll meet them shortly. It truly is a brave new world, and we're here to simplify it for you. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up as AI comes crashing up against reality. Hey, Lara. Hey, Chris. Feels like it's been a while. Has it? It feels like it. <laughs> we, we weren't we weren't really part of that last episode. No, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, it has been a while. Although it always feels like it's been a while, just based on how much news happens in a week's time. Yeah, and this one, this episode is chock full of news. But I wanted to talk about last week and how cool I thought that was. I think we both thought it was. In that, if you listened out there to last week's episode, Larry and I did not speak a word of what you heard. Right? Right. Courtesy of uh, Eleven Labs. Voice cloning. Yeah. So everything in last week's episode, Larry's voice, my voice, Raina, Sage, came about through voice cloning. And everything that you heard was either generated by us or through AI scripting and then fed in there and spat out. So I think the only manual work that was done was on your side, right, Larry? Uh, yeah, just uh, feeding Eleven Labs a, a, a sample, um, and it's pretty amazing. They say like one to two minute sample of the voice you want to clone is the sweet spot. And um, we had talked about this before. There was you had found like a script online that was supposed to be good for voice cloning, and when I used that for mine, I ended up sounding like uh, Dustin from Stranger Things. It added a lisp, and you know, it was it was yeah, yeah. it was a little odd. Um, but yours still sounded quite good. But then I gave it a sample from the podcast. I just handpicked some some clean, just natural dialogue, and uh, I still feel your that your clone is is more convincing. It's almost perfect. You can just I think the only difference is the is the cadence and. Yeah. Sometimes it sounds a little bit, uh, you know, for lack of a rigid. better term. Yeah, rigid. Great, great way to describe it. Um, but the tone of it sounds, it sounds a lot like you. And mine is, I think it's close. It's, I've had some people say, oh no, that sounds like you. And then <laughs> conversely, my wife said, I wouldn't marry someone who sounded like oh. that. <laughs> so she doesn't <laughs> think it sounds like me. But um so your clone is not a threat. <laughs> no, I, I, apparently I have some kind of like uh, copy protection on my voice. It cannot be cloned. Uh, ooh, but, that's cool. <laughs> but the interesting thing when looking into Eleven Labs, so I use the uh, instant voice clone option, which is available on the lowest tier uh, price plan, which is like five which bucks. Is, 
Yeah, yeah. Five bucks a month that gives you thirty or forty thousand characters per month, which is roughly about forty-five minutes of audio, give or take. But on the higher tier plan, uh, you can uh, use their professional voice cloning, and I, I'm, I I don't remember the exact number of him, but they said it could take something like two to four weeks. Ooh. Uh, because they train it extensively, and they claim it's indistinguishable or very or, or near, nearly indistinguishable. Wow! So, so that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's worth the investment eventually, or I'm sure that'd be just become more accessible and faster. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. I I love this experiment, and I think from looking at Eleven Labs initially, if maybe a couple months back, I feel like they've become a more robust platform and I love on the back end that you can dial these sliders in in terms of accuracy and personality I forget the specific attributes but it's pretty cool now yeah yeah it's come a long way um and it sounds like they're they're going to be adding some some functionality that uh descript has where uh, you know I think you can edit text and then it will edit the audio. I mean, you can do text, obviously you can do text to voice right now mm-hmm. on there. I don't 100% know exactly what they're adding, but some of it, when I first looked at it, it seemed like it was some some similarity with them. But Descript has some very cool stuff where you can upload a video of, let's say you, for example, you speaking, it'll mm-hmm. create a transcript from it. And then you can say, oh, you know what? I, I wanna change that one word from from dog to cat. And, and it will do it in your voice and, I, I guess, adjust the video, too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. D- D- Descript, right? Descript? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And it, you can actually do almost like a find and replace function and say, take out all the ums and, and all the yeah. little idiosyncrasies, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the, on the first couple of tiers, you, it, it includes like um and yeah removal. And then on the next tier up, you can just specify custom words. Like right when I say right, it can or go in there and when extract I say, all those. You know, uh, yeah, like those. <laughs> you know, so tempting, I, man. <laughs> like oh, take my money. <laughs> yeah, but then it would probably take out some of the human charm of it all, right? If it, yes. see, look at that. I just said right. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, unless they, you know, they. I just said you know as well. <laughs> it's happening. It is. I was like, it reminds me of when you could buy MIDI based drums for whatever platform you're using, whatever digital audio workstation, and you could go in there on the back end after you've programmed your drums and you could highlight the whole passage and say quantize and it would dial the whole thing in to be metronomic. Or you could say play behind the beat or play more humanistic and have a little bit of variation in velocity with a snare hit Mm -hmm. or whatever. So, and make it feel a little bit more like Stuart Copeland. So I think if it became that surgical, at least with the voice to the script function, it would take out some of the, the charm perhaps. Yeah. I, I landed on some, a couple of YouTube videos, uh, the other day and uh, they were AI related things, but, um, there's a person standing there speaking, and it, as soon as she said, "Welcome to my channel," I was just like, "That's not a person." And mm. and you could tell you very quickly you could tell. I mean, it was it was amazing, but still, you could tell like oh, this is just an Something's avatar off. or an, mm-hmm. some CG generated thing. And and then I found like another YouTube video on another channel that had the exact same. It was a different person, but it was the same. Welcome to my channel, and 
and it just had the same vibe, and it was weird. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I, I hope I hope we don't just end up in a sea of all this generic stuff. Yeah, we are. We yeah, will. I know. Y- yeah. I mean, that's the we're in the uncanny valley right now. We're in it. You know, where we're we're going up this hill of yeah, that's fake, that's fake, that's fake, and this kind of feels human, but it's still weird. It's like what is it, Polar Express, that Tom Hanks movie that everybody gets creeped out by, where it's not quite animation and it's not quite human. It's dis- disconcerting. That's where we're at, mm. you know? Um, and I wanted to go back to our voices specifically because I don't know if you're critical of your own voice when you hear it in recordings as you probably have all your life being a, an audio engineer and me being a, a musician and recording my voice and singing in bands. I've been hypercritical of hearing my voice back at me. But here's what was interesting about the 11 labs experiment to me i actually like the version of my voice there um my voice your I'll, I'll get to your voice in a minute but my voice came off like i don't know if you remember when alec baldwin used to narrate thomas the tank engine are you did you ever come across that me, me being a parent more likely i <laughs> yeah, would have no. <laughs> come across than you like a lot of narrators came and went on thomas the tank engine i think george carlin was one at one point i swear ringo star anyway my voice as processed through 11 labs reminds me of Alec Baldwin's kind of gritty sandpaper down kind of larynx and, but a little more, a little clean and a little less with those little clippy kind of, you know, cracks that my little harmonics that my voice produces. It just made it nice and more palatable. Your voice, which sounds amazing naturally to me because you have this great you have this great attack you're like fm radio guy you've got this like (laughs) great attack and you got this deep resonance and it vaguely reminds me of master chief from halo and so like and hearing it in that context yes go on sorry no i love stop really go on go on yeah um it sounds great and by the way a little master chief aside i have I use ways to get around in terms of GPS yes. and I'm able to use master chief to show me around town. I have a master chief setting and he's always like, I don't see any armor plating on this vehicle. It looks like a trap. So anyway, I love for, your voice is amazing to begin with, but I also like how clean and authoritative it is in the 11 labs, uh, iteration of it too. It's really cool. It was a uh, bugs. There was some Bugs Bunny episode, and he's like, "Tell me more about my eyes." <laughs> yes. That's great. Is that the one where he's like doing the nails of the monster? Uh, yeah, Monsters lead in such in- interesting lives. Yes, yeah, that's the best. That's one of the best ones ever. The only one better is when they're playing the xylophone. I think it's Daffy Duck, and the xylophones are rigged with dynamite, and he, it's like. It's always a half step off. He's hitting the wrong key. He's like, no, 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 this one. Boom. It's so brilliant. The best. Um, so, yeah, here. Uh, now, maybe we can, we'll listen to this, uh, a, yeah. a little sample of this in context as you're hearing our actual voices, you know, side by side. And uh, so, yeah. yeah, this was the cold open from the uh, previous episode. It's the year 2079. Larry and I are long gone, at least in physical form. We still live on, though as post-avatars. Some call us digi-sapiens, or binary spirits. During the synthetic uprising of 2053, we were found to be redundant, to put it politely, and a drain on resources, as most humans were. So, that that sounds a lot like Pretty you. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, this is me. And finally, 
Get this, Apple's going all in on AI language models, like Ajax, GPT, and they're dropping millions of dollars a day to make it happen. Training these brainy models takes serious cash for computing power and data. While their AI team might be small, it's growing fast, showing Apple's serious about the AI game. Looks like Siri and friends are about to get a major IQ boost. So yeah, it's yours is more, more better. Yeah, smoother, like mm, breathier. Maybe that's the key. I don't mm. know. Like yours is definitely a l- little more clinical mm-hmm. sounding. Yeah. But still amazing. Yeah, yeah. This has come a, a long way. It's yeah, and, to, and I, I said this jokingly in the last two episodes ago that I can now hire myself out for voice work and not even be there. We're we're there. We're there. <laughs> yeah. By next Thursday, where you could literally have your voice in a some sort of library and do it. I think. Yeah, I I'm curious what that um, professional uh, voice clone thing if that would get me closer. Oh, you mean yeah, with the, the Eleven Labs yeah, the, professional yeah. mm-hmm. possibility? Yeah. You sent me something earlier because we're always sending things back and forth to each other to geek out on. And it prompted me to say that it's over. It's over for everything vaguely creative, photography, graphic design, illustration. We're going to get to the thing that you made me, that you sent me that made me say this. And it has to do with illustration. We'll get to that in a minute. But with every episode, I always try to, we always try to find what the common thread is. Sometimes it's, it's really apparent going in what we're going to talk about, whether it's spirituality or, you know, the future of college and, you know, AI in the workplace. But I, it seemed to me that what was surfacing here is collaboration in terms of all the things we talk about and maybe what we're talking about today. And I, 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 you know, this, I I love collaborating with you. You inspire me. You make me want to work harder and geek out about more stuff and try things out and experiment. But I also need to say that I have a new fire inside of me because of collaborating with AI. I don't know how you feel about it, but whenever I start doing research and trying to piece together aspects of our script for each show and I throw it into perplexity or throw it into, I, I'm, this workflow is surfacing for me. It usually starts with me doing the research and then throwing it into perplexity to flesh it out or into Bard. And then I bring it into ChatGPT to add a little bit of personality, which I, cl- I then collaborate with, and then start piecing together the semblance of a script. So along with you, AI has become a really inspiring collaborator for me. I don't know how you feel about it. Does it propel you like it propels me? Uh, yeah, I so like, I, I know this is, uh, we've mentioned this a lot on the show, but I'm, I'm just in love with playing with Midjourney. Anytime I go down the rabbit hole, even if it's yeah, a lot of time, just, just for fun. And mm-hmm. it is, I, I, I love it. And like, I have a lot of like experience doing like, not really graphic design, more, more layout and, um, uh, that kind of stuff. But, um, I, I would never consider myself an artist by any means. You know, I, I know like visual effects and Photoshop and, and I barely can get my way around an illustrator, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but generating all this stuff in mid journey is just, just so much fun it's always like what what is it going to come up with that being said a guy you know a friend of mine he's a traditional artist he uses traditional media and he also does digital um and he does all the labels for one of our local breweries here called twin elephant and he always posts them on facebook and and i, I see them at the brewery and and i'm like 
that this stuff is his voice and he has total control over it. And I've corresponded with him and he's not like, oh, you know, Midjourney is evil. He uses it too, just uh, as a source of inspiration or, you know, just to get some other ideas for things. But he executes it. And I still think when you're generating something with Midjourney, you you don't have that control. And you have some control to guide the output and it's cool and it comes up with stuff I never would have thought of and I, I think it's amazing for that. Um, but I don't think it's a replacement just yet. These things have his voice on them. They're awesome. He's really good at it. And I think having that, that human voice in there is still something that, yeah. that is um, noticeable and differentiates it. I agree. And that's the collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's that magic collaboration. And to what you said earlier, you have a great eye to begin with, you know, tr- trained on your own or however it came about. But, and it made me think of that acronym GIGO, garbage in, garbage out, meaning that if you did not have that sense of composition and layout and those things that you've trained yourself to understand, I think maybe what comes out on the back end of any of these platforms would be still garbage. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think you still need some rudiments uh, to, in understanding how to write the correct prompts, how to guide this thing and collaborate with it properly. So we're still in that space. Um, along those lines, I want to talk a little bit more about what our dialogue last week. So for those of you who listen on a regular basis or maybe are just tuning in now, uh, generally what happens is now on a, a couple days before the show, we track the show, which is usually on a Thursday, we will start throwing around some topic ideas and maybe a title and maybe the thumbnails will start, you know, become an experiment in our lives. So what happened last week was, and I'm going to talk about this workflow so maybe you can understand it out there. We had this idea for the show where our AI queen, Raina, was basically going to take it over in the future with her new companion, Sage. So we kind of knew we had these two you know, female entities that maybe were going to be part of the thumbnail that accompanies our script. And when we, when we post on social media and we post to podcasting platforms. So Larry and I go back and forth. It's usually me working on Dali or Firefly, which is Adobe's product, or uh, I'm forgetting the third one that I normally deal with. But anyway, I'll throw some ideas. What do you think of this? He comes back at me with a few and then we'll land on one, and that's what happened. I think it came out of an experiment I made in Firefly with the two female cyborgs, right? The two female AIs. And then, oh, this is a cool function in Firefly. And I thought the cropping was a little, little too tight on the image, so I used the generative fill function on Firefly and made the frame a little bit wider, at which point you came back, Larry, and said, oh, it's, it's getting there. And then what did you do with that? Do you remember the workflow process there? Yeah, it was. Uh, I it, it kind of had a generic background, and then I remembered. Uh, I think at the beginning when we were starting the podcast, we were toying with the idea, like, oh, maybe we can make a couple of images of ourselves in like futuristic podcast studios. And I had generated mm-hmm. some of those already, and I was like, oh, that would look something like that would look better in the background. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I brought your image into Photoshop, and I've, I've been using Photoshop since like version. Uh, I don't know, whatever version it was in the early 90s. but um, <laughs> And uh, I, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is, this might be easy. I'm going to just click on the select subject. And and it, it worked quite well and just knocked out the background, dropped in the, uh, the futuristic podcast studio image, 
uh, scaled it, moved it around until it fit where I wanted it to, and and uh, it took all of two minutes, I think. Yeah. The lighting on the on the cyborgs kind of already fit it, so I didn't have to play with that yeah. too much. So I really didn't need to do much work. It was very satisfying to be able to knock that out so quickly. Yeah, and, amazing. And you're right. I agree. Like you had some like magenta and like cyan lighting in the studio mm -hmm. that it already seemed like there was some like uh, lighting on the side of the girls in that image that complemented that background. And I love that select subject function in Photoshop. Isn't it so easy? Yeah. Yeah. And even on what, what might end up being the image for this, this week's show, uh, yeah, I tried that again and that, that, that image had a lot going on and, and, uh, it did a, pretty respectable job yeah mm -hmm. and you're making me think of uh the fact that and maybe we'll talk about this in a moment but i'm on the verge of getting rid of my adobe subscription i pay like 35 bucks a month as an educator but i feel like i'm on the cusp of not actually needing it anymore at all because firefly is free it generates what i need oh the other thing that firefly does now too is Say, say I put in a prompt. I want two futuristic cyborg women in a podcast studio, and it spits out four examples. I can then go into the one that I like the most, choose that as a reference image, or just use that as a starting point immediately for another round of, of uh, examples. And then I can also do generative fill right in Firefly. So I'm, I don't know. I'm having a hard time justifying paying in the day and age of death by a thousand cuts with subscriptions I'm, <laughs> yeah. really i don't, I don't yeah. it is it's nuts so i think i'm gonna get rid of that and and with the dolly thing that's happening with chat gpt which we'll talk about momentarily i'm like that's probably all i need firefly and that maybe and canva in my life what do you think i think they're, they're raising the price on the creative cloud um mm. a little bit yeah yeah I, so reason. firefly is free Firefly's free and you don't have to be a cloud, uh, creative cloud subscriber? I, listen, I don't want to misspeak about it, but I'm 90% sure that you can have a, an Adobe uh, login. But Firefly, I believe, is completely free to the public. Well, I, I'll verify that. Once I stop my Adobe subscription, I'll tell you if I still have access to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want, to, I want to come back really quickly to our workflow. So I made this, I didn't make this image. I prompted this image in Firefly, tweaked it a little bit, threw it over to Larry. Larry then had some human intervention and tweaked it in Photoshop, at which point came back to me, I mock up the thumbnail in Canva. And then what I normally do in our weekly workflow is I'll put together a reel, which will have our cold open with a static thumbnail and some video component behind it. At which point, Larry, you come back to me, and I love this exchange. If you want to tell, tell what happened, what you did with the static image uh, for the thumbnail, what did you then do? Yeah, I was literally on my way to work. I was in a car, and and I thought, oh, I wonder what the uh, you know if I put that image uh, uh, into Runway ML Gen Two and did a an image to video. And I'm literally at a red light and <laughs> on my phone and, you know, I upload it. And by the time I got to the next red light, uh, it, it, it generated John. this short little pan across, you know, just a little bit of motion. And uh, and I'm like, oh, my God. And, you know, extended that another four seconds and another four seconds. I don't know. I think it's so like a cool. little eight or 12 second subtle motion clip. But it's like it's unbelievable. Yeah. Did that in, in my car. <laughs> 
You're going to get pulled over and the cop's going to say, sir, you were prompting while driving. Yeah. yeah. I got a PUI. <laughs> or, or, well, no, oh. yeah, that's prompting under the influence. That's a whole different oh, deal. Yeah. Even stiffer fines for that. DWP driving while prompting. There we go. <laughs> You just you just landed on the title of this episode, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. Uh, I love it. Uh, so that was generally the workflow from last week and that runway piece, adding a new wrinkle to it. Um, but it's also bringing me to another thing we saw in our travels, um, which we were hoping to incorporate in this week's episode from another platform called HeyGen, H-E-Y-G-E-N, like Hey Generative. Uh, and what they do is incredible. What you can do with HeyGen, at least one of the functions available through their platform, allows you to shoot a very short video clip of yourself. Uh, on the free version, it's one minute. One minute of video equals one credit. And I signed up for that. And I shot a video of myself saying some generic script that I wrote out. And what you can do then is load it up to their platform and it will convert your language, and mine being native English, to whatever destination language you want, French, German, Hindi. And out comes the video with you speaking very close to what it might sound uh, a native speaker would sound like. And the kicker is it changes your mouth position, your mouth voicing to actually look like you're speaking that language. Um, I don't know if you have it queued up or if that's what you're about to do, Larry, but the video we saw is incredible and i saw some of the responses below the video on youtube and elsewhere on reddit uh, by native speakers of the destination language saying ah it's a little off some of the colloquial things some of the idiosyncratic turns of phrase are not exact but simultaneously they were all saying that but it's pretty close imagine if you could speak eight languages fluently and connect with billions more people around the world well, now you can do it with AI. Let me show you how. Imagine speaking eight languages fluently and connecting with billions more people worldwide. Now, AI can make it possible. Let me demonstrate. Imagina hablar ocho idiomas y conectar con miles de millones de personas en todo el mundo. Ahora puedes hacerlo con IA. Déjame mostrarte cómo. Sochiye, agar aap aat bhaashao mein baat kar sakte ho, और दुनिया भर के अधिकांश लोगों से जुड़ सकते हो अब आप इसे एआई के साथ कर सकते हैं मुझे दिखाने दो कैसे करें uh, this Heijin language translation platform, which is pretty incredible. I So just in case you out there want to sign up, I sign up for the free version. Again, you get one minute worth of video, a single credit as they call it. Um, but here's the kicker. You got to throw it in a queue since it's free and wait for it to process. And when I, as of this podcast, I think I was 78,455th in line. So maybe by next week, Lara, we'll have me speaking French <laughs> as I requested. And and what you don't get from just hearing the audio from this is that it also, so this guy's just sitting outside and he recorded a video of him speaking the original phrase and 
not only does it translate the audio, but it changes the moose ma- mouse movement, moose movements, <laughs> oh, <laughs> the mouth movements, uh, <laughs> um, and and it's it's very convincing. Like you, it, you have to look closely, and you can see that the video has been manipulated a little bit, but it's so mm-hmm. well done. It's really it's really yeah. quite impressive. Incredible. Um, and you made me think of I think his original voice. Maybe had a Scottish kind of accent yeah, or so. Yeah, if you go from yeah, whatever the uh, yeah, it was either Scottish or British, I forget. But but it, it, yeah, the first translation in quotes is is still English, but it went from it just it went to an American accent. Yes, yeah. just flattened it out, right? Really, really wild. So cool. And as we're talking about all of these things, uh, and circling back to Adobe in a, in a related manner. Right now, we're in this wild west of AI development, and there's thousands and thousands of platforms out there. It's just percolating, right? All these little startups are like, oh, we can do this with it. We can do it. I just feel like in the next six months to a year, one of these giant conglomerates is going to swallow it all up. It's going to be one platform to rule them all, like an Adobe Creative Cloud. Like within Creative Cloud, you have photography and desktop design and video and user experience, et cetera. It's all going to get swallowed up. And one thing where you just have to go to one place to get this video translation or get text to song, you know, you're not going to have to, it's one-stop shopping, right? Or or there'll be the big three or something like that, you know, like the Apple, Google, and uh, the Fang companies. Have you ever heard that term? Yes. Fang. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, what is that? That's, um, Come on, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> it's a quiz. Apple, I know Apple and Google are, are two of them. Okay. Uh, um, is 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 the end Netflix? I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. I think and it's fa- Facebook. 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 Apple. Amazon. Netflix. Google. I that's believe it. that's yeah. You got fa- it. Fang. You got a gold star. Nicely done. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have a chart in my studio over here, by the way. Gold gold stars <laughs> yeah, that cool. you send me on occasion. Um. So in a related fashion, so a couple things that we came across that we'll probably talk about on the tail end of news as well. Uh, ChatGPT just announced uh, that it will be combining its efforts with DALI. And I guess that's going to be, Larry, correct me if I'm wrong, it's going to be in the next iteration. And it's only going to be available for super users, subscription-based users of ChatGPT. And it's going to be DALI 3, right? Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so you sent me a video, a TikTok video, where somebody was using this new platform, and I believe it comes out in October, which is only a mere 10 days away or so. Uh, somebody said, I want my kid knows of this character, and I, this is not a, uh, I'm not making this up because you're my co-host, but the name <laughs> of the character was Larry the Super Duper Hedgehog, which I'm going to hereby refer to you as. Every time I say your name, it will not be Larry. It's going to be, so Larry Super Duper Hedgehog, what, what do you think about this? Um, anyway, they pumped it into ChatGPT, and from there, oh, it asked, what does Ch- uh, Larry the Super Duper Hedgehog look like? And out came four or five different illustrations as possibilities and then it says what makes larry the hedgehog super duper cool and it wrote a narrative it basically wrote a kid's book in the span of 30 seconds is that what you got out of that yeah or no? yeah that's pretty much it yeah which led me to write back to you that it's it's over for, <laughs> it's uh, six months from now what anybody can make a book anybody can make illustrations anybody can you know make a podcast anybody can uh, it's crazy cranial yeah. Gonna a, um, there's going to be a lot of bad content out there. 
There will be. Well, yeah, 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 like 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 that mushroom book on uh, on Amazon, oh, yeah. <laughs> guiding people to pick poisonous mushrooms. I, there's a meme that I love about mushrooms and how humans came to use mushrooms in their lives, and it's something to the effect of the discovery of mushrooms and what they do, and a guy pointing to the ground and saying, "That one there tastes like meat." That one there makes you see God. That one there <laughs> killed Stephen instantly. <laughs> be, yeah, I'm not be careful a, out there. Not a mushroom fan. Never have been. I'm not either. Oh, another another place right. where we connect. I don't like mushrooms. Yeah, man. Well, I mean it's a fungus, man. Come on, it, it's a fungus. And, and, damn it! And somebody told me this. I I I doubt that it's accurate, but that mushrooms are nutritionally inert. Mm. Which just Ooh. which makes me feel like, well, then why bother, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like Olestra. Remember that additive they put in potato chips that gave you anal leakage? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I didn't experience it firsthand, but I, I heard about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't like mushrooms, man. It's got to be a very specific preparation for me to even entertain it. Yeah. Um, and you made me think of a couple things, and I won't belabor the mushroom tangent. Uh, there's a show I saw called Fantastic Fungi. Have you seen that <laughs> <No>. on Netflix? <laughs> Not it's my like bag. The nerdiest, I know <laughs> the nerdiest documentary of all time, but it's really fascinating, worth worth a watch. And in a related universe, this guy Michael Pollan, he's like a like a an author and host. He does a, a series on Netflix called Cooked, and it's really interesting when you talk about. Oh, I'm not eating bacteria or uh, fungus. And one of the episodes is about fermentation and how, of course, being the brewer that you are, it just talks about everything that we as humans consume that is created by microorganisms. I mean, beer included, but uh, bread, obviously, the cheeses that we eat. There's so many things that we basically allow yogurt, for that matter, to kind of go sour, to go south before we eat them, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was wild. Yeah, and 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 real quick, I you know I was down at some friend's house in South Carolina, and uh, um, and they have uh, I think they're called chanterelle mushrooms growing on their property, and they're apparently like the uh, caviar of mushrooms. Mm. They're supposed to be the mm -hmm. greatest thing ever. And I'm like, you know what? Sure. I, I'm going to try one of these, and it was okay. It was just okay. You know, I was just like, hey, yeah, yeah. well, this is the pinnacle of mushrooms, and I'm just not that excited about it, man. <laughs> it's just okay. Uh, I can live without it. Yeah. How was it prepared? Uh, since we're since we're starting an entire episode about mushrooms. Yeah. I know. Our, our, our friend Steve, also a listener of this show, uh, he prepared them. I don't know exactly what he did. It was fairly simple. Um, he, but, uh, but, yeah. yeah just, just okay. Just, I just don't Me get excited about them. Mediocre. Mediocre, Mozov. <laughs> Put, um, put some buffalo salt, wing sauce on them and, you know, yeah. get a little more excited. <laughs> Drown it. Make it unrecognizable. <laughs> Just a, and then a I might sauce, like it. sauce delivery tool. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I have one last mushroom tangent, believe it or not. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you know there are mushrooms, truffles, that are so prized in the world, I feel like they're more valuable than gold and that they, you know, they actually train dogs to sniff out these truffles in, yes. in the wilderness yes. have you seen that yes i have crazy yeah cranium Cra yeah, sorry yeah. maybe maybe you'll like those okay we'll seek, <laughs> seek one of those out yeah. for you i want to go back really quickly to some of the things we were talking about previously and a video you sent me about cloning and 
this new trend that's emerging. Uh, I guess this was sent to you via TikTok, et cetera. And people, there's a service now where uh, influencers, I guess, initially are being solicited to get cloned. Basically, you can clone yourself and your clone, your avatar, can attend uh, interviews on your behalf yes. for a, a company job that you're interested in. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, yeah, that was that was it. And uh, I guess the whatever company this is, is uh, based in India, some billionaire in India or something like that or or, or Dubai. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, oh, and they offered her. Um, uh, we'll we'll put a link to this. Um, they offered her some crazy amount of money. You know, she lives in New York, and she could. She said she'd be able to pay her rent for like a year, or or yeah. I don't know, or many 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 months or something. And and she was just so uh, opposed to. It just seemed like it had was dubious. Mm -hmm. Dubious Dubai. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's where the name originates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dubai is uh, Dubai. The actual pronunciation. It but, is. Uh, and but uh, they were soliciting her though to be a spokesperson for the technology, right? Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, w w yeah. Why were they otherwise? Why would they be offering her so much money? And yeah, uh, and she was, you know, voicing her concerns about the ethics of it all, and it made me think of okay. So say, Larry, you you sign up for this service and. You, Larry the Super Duper Hedgehog, sorry I didn't use your formal title, <laughs> oh, no. uh, you are made into an avatar, and I guess even with the aid of AI, I could search thousands of job boards and really dial into the specific job role that I want, and then I don't even know if AI can handle setting up the back and forth to arrange an interview, and at that point, your AI avatar takes over in the process so that when this human hiring manager or recruiter on the other end is talking with your avatar, they say all the right things and they get you the job. So I was also thinking that what's, I would think this would be more interesting technology to corporations in the hiring process itself. Like why even have an HR department? Why even have hiring managers? Just throw your AI avatar hiring bot on it and they can interview Larry, the super duper hedgehog, or Larry, or, or anybody else, or Chris. I don't know. I have a formal title. Um, so why why not do that? Wouldn't that be really interesting for corporations? That makes more sense because it's like, so what happens? Your your AI avatar is smarter than you actually are, and then you actually get this job and you underperform. You know. <laughs> uh, so I think yeah, having AI on the hiring end makes more sense. You know, because they can. Well, I could probably might even be able to detect that it's talking to another AI. Um, yeah. But exactly, I love that your AI aces all the questions that you show up for work the first day. They're like, "You seem different." <laughs> you, have you seen the movie Idiocracy? Yeah, yeah. Were you in it's it? Couple, were you the president? President Camacho. That's great. Watering our crops with Gatorade because it has electrolytes. Yeah. Brilliant. Ahead of its time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at what point do we cross the silliness threshold where AI hiring managers are interviewing AI candidates <laughs> and just this strange cyclical weirdness? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Wild. Some of the stuff is definitely doom and gloom. It is. Yeah. Heavy on the news this week. So um, do we want to go over to Raina, see what she has to say? Sure. Thanks, boys. It's an epic showdown in the world of AI. 
OpenAI and Google are in a race to unleash the mighty multimodal language models. Google gave a sneak peek of its Gemini, a LLM that can handle images and text, to a lucky few. But OpenAI isn't one to back down. They're sprinting to integrate GPT-4 with similar magic known as GPT Vision, and it's about to make its grand debut for all to enjoy. Lights, camera, legal action. In a twist fit for a Bollywood blockbuster, Anil Kapoor, the renowned Indian actor, has triumphed over artificial intelligence in a groundbreaking Delhi High Court ruling. The court's order safeguards Kapoor's rights across all forms of media worldwide, a victory he stands behind, emphasizing the importance of actors protecting their rights. Kapoor's support for his fellow actors currently on strike with SAG-AFTRA reflects the broader industry concerns about AI usage, especially regarding background actors' rights, as the union strives to establish consent and compensation principles. Agility Robotics just unveiled the world's coolest playground for robots. It's called RoboFab, and it's not your average factory. Located in Salem, Oregon, this 70,000-square-foot wonderland is where they'll be making the futuristic superhuman robot Digit in big numbers. And get this. When it's all set up, they can churn out a whopping 10,000 digits every year. Right now, they're busy tinkering away in the lab, but by 2024, they'll start delivering digits to eager customers. And just wait until 2025 when these high-tech pals will be available to everyone. In even more cyborg-related news, video is the superhero in this tech tale. Researchers at CMU have taken it to the next level with VRB, Vision Robotics Bridge. This upgrade lets robots learn from human videos. They're like little explorers, figuring out tasks from watching videos and getting better at it. Plus, there's a treasure trove of training videos on the internet waiting to be consumed by these robo-learners. And lastly, Google's Bard has become more intuitive, imaginative, and responsive, making collaboration in over 40 languages a breeze. With the latest update, Bard can fetch real-time information from Google apps like Maps and YouTube, and even help with your personal content in Gmail, Docs, and Drive. Plus, you can double-check Bard's responses with Google Search and build off of conversations shared with others. It's a playground of possibilities for creative explorations. That's all the news for now. Take it away, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> Ren has gone haywire again. I know. <laughs> That's my absolute favorite part of the news. <laughs> um, so how much does a digit cost? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I want one, though, I think. Do you want one? I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't think so. Um, they're, they're building an army, though. 10000 yeah. a year? It's mm, a little concerning. Uh, ooh. Oh. Uh, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh, that's it. <laughs> uh, I'll get one of those. Uh, so the, yeah, yeah. The, the company hasn't set a price tag yet, but told CNET it expects the robot to cost less than oh, cost less than the previous version of Digit priced at two hundred fifty thousand. Okay, oh, okay. two forty nine ninety nine. There you go. This week only <laughs> comes with a set of Ginsu knives. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Don't don't give it the knife. I'm gonna get. One of those, and I'm going to get a spot four-legged robot to go with it from Boston Dynamics, which is an only another $75,000, oh, I think. Yeah. I and mean, since you're spending, why not? Be the en um, envy of all yeah, your friends. Exactly. Um, the one thing also that stood out in the news to me 
is that we're training robots or can be, they can be self-trained on video, like park them in front of YouTube and let them watch away and <laughs> adopt all of the worst behaviors of humankind <laughs> what that are on display. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Did you see that Google Bard now is integrated with Workspace and all that? Have you tried that yet? I haven't tried it. I heard about it though, yeah. Yeah, it seems like that could be good. I'm reading generally favorable reviews and the geek community about how useful it is and how Google and Bard itself has kind of come into its own and become a more useful platform overall. I don't know how I feel about having AI just lurking constantly in all my goings on in my email inbox, et cetera, and just who knows what they're doing with that information, which leads me to the item you sent to me about what happened with Microsoft. This, is, this comes via a website called futurism.com. So I was just voicing my concern about Bard lurking in the shadows of my data on Google's platforms, but here's what happened over at Microsoft. According to a recent report by cloud security company Wiz, Microsoft's AI team accidentally leaked 38 terabytes, that's not kilobytes, kids, <laughs> terabytes of confidential company data on the developer site GitHub. The leaked files contained a full disk backup of two employees' workstations, which includes sensitive personal data, along with company secrets, private keys, passwords, and over 30,000 internal Microsoft Teams messages. Yikes. The leak could have even made Microsoft's AI systems vulnerable to cyber attacks. So you should probably change your Microsoft password now, everybody. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think I have one. Yeah, I do. I don't, yeah, I don't really use much of their stuff oh I'm a big apple guy yeah but, yeah yeah i get but, it um but yeah that sounds like they just handed over the keys to the kingdom <laughs> uh, i mean yeah. i think they said they claimed oh you know nothing was no critical stuff was exposed i mean clearly it was but um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah and yeah somebody got probably got fired over that one that seems like a big oops i hope so so in a very heavy news week we're going to wrap it up uh by once again shining the light on HeyGen, which is that incredible translation platform that we are hopefully going to get some output from for next week's episode. But if you go back and listen to the earlier part of this uh, episode, you will hear some incredible examples of English being translated across, I don't know, seven different languages pretty readily. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll post a link to the video. You got to see the video because that, that's, that's the other half of it. And uh, I guess, Chris, if you're if yours gets processed in time for the next episode, we'll 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 post the video on the website as cool. well. Cool. I hope so. Again, I'm seventy eight thousand in line, so we'll see how that shakes <laughs> does out. Does it give you an update of where you are in the queue now? It does. <laughs> oh. I mean, when I when I log in, I see I've moved I've inch inched forward in that. So yeah, they and they they're only offering a yearly billing option, right? Instead, you it's twenty four months, but you got to pay for a whole year, right? Exactly. That was that dissuaded me. I was going to throw twenty four dollars at it for a month and play around, which I would think would benefit them. Because how many people are going to? I could be wrong, but how many people are going to sign up, you know, sight unseen for two hundred eighty eight dollars a year? I think that's intentional. If you're seventy eight thousandth in line, they don't have the the bandwidth for it, and they would be overwhelmed. They're clearly yeah. overwhelmed now with everyone just doing the free thing, and that's my guess. Or yeah. it's either it's either that or they know they have something really great uh, or they know they're about to be copied uh <laughs> so yeah or all, so all cash, of the above i don't, I don't yeah. know you're right yeah. they're trying to cash in right now yeah. while the getting's good so 
We're going to leave you with a little question asking for your feedback. If you are a listener of the show, which we hope you are, or maybe you're new to us, uh, what would you like to hear more of on the show? Do you want to hear more news, more organic conversations about mushrooms, perhaps? I don't know. <laughs> more. I love when we experiment with AI and just see what comes out the, uh, the back end of that nonsense. Uh, so let us know. Uh, drop us a line on social media. You can DM us if you want and tell us what you'd like to hear. Anything else, my friend? I, th I think that's a great question. Mm -hmm. So, as always, thank you for listening. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on Facebook. Throw us a rating, and we will see you next week. This has been Up Against Reality. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to hear future episodes, and be sure to follow us on social media for all things AI. Until next time, stay human, people.